Welcome again to our Soma Church podcast within our Justice and Reconciliation series. This is our fourth and final podcast, which will look a little bit different than our previous episodes. My name is Ryan Lambert, and I'm joined by James Piscasio, who, alongside his wife, Allison, serve as deacons of racial reconciliation at Midtown Congregation. So, James, welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Hello. Thanks for having me. So we're finishing up our four-week series on justice and reconciliation. And so far we've discussed, you know, what is justice and reconciliation. We've talked about becoming aware of our personal and corporate history in this area. We've talked about the practice of lament. And I feel like we have heard some really important things from the guests we've had on the podcast in these areas. And I really appreciate them all taking the time to have some very real conversations and to share their own experiences and being pretty vulnerable in this space. This week in our congregations, we heard messages about repentance and restoration. We kind of heard some of a, you know, where do we go from here type messages. And one of the things that we'll start with James that we heard from Brandon at Midtown is he said, when talking about justice and reconciliation, it requires conscious and intentional planning and reflection. It's a way of seeing the world, not just random acts of kindness. It's an ongoing work of thinking through the implications of justice in every area of your life. It's a reality and not just behavior. So thinking about that statement, what does that say to you about us as a Soma family and kind of where we go from here. Yeah, I think a lot of effort um, and attention got put into that quote, um, into uh, a lot of what we, both Alice and I, and then uh, the groups alongside of us, alongside us have tried to focus in on is that this is a generational, formational, practice uh, to, to try to get after um, doing reconciliation or uh, doing social justice uh, in two months or, or three months. Um, there, there's just so much more that can happen. You're, you're just barely scratching the surface. Uh, so what does it look like to construct our lives uh, to think about how this just intertwines with the way that uh, we interact with our community and our neighbors, our friends and our families, um, our, commu our church, uh, our missional communities, and how do we um, bring this into our conversations, our learning and study of scripture, um, how we have relationship with the Lord, and all of that um, is so much more than, than two, two months or, or three months. And it's so much more than um, just being nice, right? Uh, when you're trying to get after or tearing down um, hard-heartedness or, or even, you know, embedded uh, racism or prejudice, like that, that takes time, that takes the gospel, that takes relationship. Uh, so knowing that on the front end and, and being prepared to spend that time to do that work, to be motivated um, by the gospel, motivated by the picture and revelations uh, is, is what we want to get after for people. We've talked on the podcast in previous episodes, just about the weight of this conversation, how large this seems to be, and and trying to 
tear that down into smaller chunks where we can, as individuals, as, as in, so we can individually practice this, or we could corporately practice this in our own sphere of influence. And how do we move then towards justice and reconciliation as a reality from a very personal level? And I think people are starting to think through that. What does that look like in my life? Who People have taken stock of, hey, where am I deficient in these areas? Where is the Spirit leading me in these areas? And how do I now turn this into practice? Like you're saying, it's not just being nice. How do I actually practice biblical justice and reconciliation? So I want to know, James, from your experience, what what's a practical way that you've experienced moving toward justice and reconciliation? And then kind of on the flip side of that, as certainly a minority in, in SOMA context, as an, as an African-American, what are some ways that you have seen people actually move towards justice and reconciliation? Because I think you've got a very unique perspective to see that. Yeah, and I'd uh, give you a couple answers, uh, both from an individual standpoint and then um, as I started to look out relationally. I think individually, um, it, it began by, by learning, right? Uh, and that finding the motivation uh, and the, the want, the desire to, to learn about what is um, what it, what is the problem? Like how how we get here? Uh, what's going on around me? What are things that I'm unaware of? Um, and that lead led to uh, similar exercise of what we've we've gone through: the awareness, the the laments, the repentance, and then um, uh, finding that motivation to go out and practice reconciliation. Uh, and that practicing was getting in relationships with folks, reading books, um, and and starting with this understanding of uh, of the weight um, but then also the unique opportunity that I was in you know as, as a black man uh, who's in a predominantly white uh, society here in Indianapolis that there are people that I care about that I know that may have never had this conversation so how do I approach those people with love how do I begin to pray for those people um, and how do we start to um, have deeper conversations than uh, what we normally talk about, be it sports or uh, what we're going to do on the weekend. How do we go a little bit deeper uh, into each other's lives and start to uncover some of this? So individually, it, it started there, um, just kind of personal reflection and then uh, seeking a desire. And then that was um, you know, met by wanting to, to really get into relationship with people, which segues into the next point of uh, just building relationship with community. A few years ago, we, we started discussion groups around this topic at, at Soma Midtown, cross-congregationally. Um, and, and what we were really trying to get after there is you know opening our, our eyes to the problem, right? Um, and then begin to deal with um, this, you know, whatever was was bubbling up to the surface, whatever that thing was, deal with that in a safe space with people that we knew. At the end of the day, we could still say, "I love you too," um, even though we had hard conversations. And and I think uh, in that environment, um, this our growth uh, really, really matured. And, and we saw 
um, relationships form. We saw a family aspect uh, because we were able both uh, to speak truthfully to each other, forgive one another, um, and then reconcile and see that even as we were talking about reconciliation at a more more macro level, um, we saw that in a lot of micro ways um, in those groups. And Brian, I know you were a part of those groups, so kind of flip this on you. How did you uh, experience that? Um, how did that kind of shape both your journey in this and then even as as we've dealt with this last series? Yeah, that's been certainly a new experience for me over the last few years where I really come from a background where my interactions talking specifically with racial diversity have have not been um, afforded, but I also haven't been seeking those out. And so it was it's been a really eye-opening thing for me. And I, and I entered in simply because of a singular relationship with someone who kind of opened, opened my eyes a little bit, but more than that, just allowed me to have conversation, like allowed me to just be myself in what I didn't know or what I was unsure of. Because I think for a lot of people, and, and I'm included in this, it feels like a dangerous topic. It feels like a scary topic because we don't want to say the wrong things. So we have trouble just getting in and being really honest. And, and I was fortunate to be afforded that opportunity. And, and from there, we kind of flipped that into the formation of some of these groups where we were able to spread that out, not just two people, but now five, six people. And, and I think there are times, you know, we've sat in, in my home with close to 50 people which is too many people for a house, but, but we sat there and we had some very real conversations and listen, I was able to ask some dumb questions. Um, but it was such a safe space to do that where I knew that people love me. I knew that people knew my heart. And I think that's a big piece of this is understanding each other's heart in this, that when we step into this space, we are going to sometimes say some wrong things. We're going to experience some growing pains. We're going to experience some hurt. We are going to do some hurting. But if we understand each other's heart in this, and that's the heart of Christ, then it really allows us to be able to open up the conversation to where we can have the freedom to be vulnerable. And that that's real things because we have sat, and James, you've been a part of this. We talk about, hey, this can be a messy topic and there's going to be some growth in this. But what does that look like boots on the ground level? I mean, we have sat in conversations with groups of people where it has been, and you can attest to this because you sat there with me, very uncomfortable. <laughs> to the point yeah. where I'm thinking, uh-oh, is, is this a bad idea? Are <laughs> we supposed true. to be doing this? Yeah. And people are hurt and emotions are sky high and everybody's brought in their own experience. And then the beauty of that has been at the end of the conversation, we tie everything back to the gospel message. We go back and we return to our, our center point and everybody hugs and walks away and is fine. Yeah. And we chew on it a little bit and we come back to the conversation again. But that's been an amazing experience for me and something that, that I know it's our heart as a church to open up that experience to everybody. 
so that they can come in and they can in they can enjoy learning they can enjoy the relationship because the foundation of actual relationship in this is so important and so for me i didn't seek this out i did not seek out justice and reconciliation as something that i wanted to go after um uh but the spirit pushed me in that direction yeah. and gave me access to relationships that I hadn't had before. And I am still learning this every single day and I'm failing in it and I'm succeeding in it and I'm trying to find application. And that's what we want to do. And we want to, to open this up relationally so we can do that. And one, one thing I'll say um, to that, Ryan, because that's so key. One of the things that uh, you had mentioned is that, you know, you didn't come to this seeking, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna be about social justice and reconciliation. Honestly, I didn't come to this thing and I was gonna be about social justice and <laughs> reconciliation. Part of my uh, journey and story with this is that years ago when I was a student uh, at Butler, someone had asked me to, to lead uh, kind of the, the uh, African-American group uh, of the Campus Crusade movement at Butler and, you know, kind of start that and, and, and spearhead that. Um, and I said no. Um, and and uh, I would go so far to say is that after that uh, moment and some other moments uh, where I was asked to lead and step up and be the guy, uh, just said no, man. Um, and and uh, to, to have the opportunities that we've had over the last couple of years to be in these conversations, to be in these groups. Um, I've been tremendously blessed, uh, but I wouldn't say that I wrote this story for me. And um, if I was writing this story, it wouldn't look like this, right? And in the same way, I don't think it'd be nearly as good as it's been. Uh, one of the great blessings of uh, what we've been able to do inside of these groups and hopefully what uh, we can continue to do is that we're not coming to this conversation um, already solved and we're not coming to this conversation buttoned up. Um, it's a very hard conversation to have um, buttoned up because of uh, the emotions and the history, um, both personal and then family and, and um, uh, our nation's history. Uh, so understanding that is so key. And then also understanding, like, like you said, Ryan, we're tying everything back to the gospel, which means that um, if we're called to love God with everything we have and we're called to love our brothers and sisters uh, and truly, truly love them, then you know conversations about racial tensions and injustice, uh, us not being on the same page there, that's not going to um, subvert that. That's not going to cancel those things out. What it does do, it gives us the motivation and strength to push through that um, and find reconciliation with one another. Um, and to be able to do that work together is messy. To do that work together is hard and, and leads to some of those awkward moments like you talked about. But good goodness, like looking at where we are now to, um, uh, to be at a depth of relationship, um, to where you start to feel and empathize with each other, um, like that's just beautiful. And that comes from, you know, putting in that time, putting in that hard work. For a lot of people, James, I think it's daunting to try to figure out how or where can I jump into some practical application in what's a, a very weighty topic. And as we've mentioned previously, the SOMA website is full of resources, somaindy.com slash justice, full of resources which are great for individual consumption, for reflection, 
but eventually we do have to flip those things into more practice. And what this series has done for us is it has created a very natural place where we can enter into these conversations and these practices. So I, I want us to talk about a couple of opportunities that we have to do that within the Soma family. So the first thing that maybe people have heard about that we've been talking about in our congregations are Be the Bridge groups, which is the first next step uh, in the continuation of this series. So James, tell me a little bit about what exactly Be the Bridge groups are and what people might be able to expect with them. Yeah, what we're really excited to get after in these Be the Bridge groups uh, is an extension of what the last four weeks have been at the Soma congregations. That being um, an opportunity to continue to have these uh, conversations around social justice and reconciliation um, and, and to dive deeper with a group of uh, five or six other individuals as they too are going along this journey. Uh, we're looking at, at Be the Bridge as a resource because it's been, Trident and Tessa has been around uh, for a while, and some of our folks have actually gone through uh, their curriculum over nine or, or ten, ten weeks there um, in a much deeper dive of some of the concepts that we've talked about inside of uh, these, the inside of the sermon series. So holistically, it, it's a nice transition uh, to continue to have conversations. Additionally, one of the things that Be the Bridge communicates as a vision is how they want to uh, and wish to empower people and culture towards racial healing, equity, and reconciliation. Their vision is uh, all about helping people and organizations become more aware and respond to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. So. With, with those um, kind of focuses and, and that kind of mission and vision, I feel like that really aligns with uh, the series that, that we're just coming out of. And like I said, having groups, having people inside of groups that have uh, already gone through this to help lead and form uh, groups going forward, uh, we're really blessed to have that. Really excited about what's going to happen and be the bridge and uh, continuing inside of these groups as a community going forward. And as we put those groups together, those are cross-congregational groups, so there'll be mixes of all three of our SOMA congregations. But then once we get through those, we will go back into continuing to have regularly scheduled reconciliation conversations, and those will be happening on a congregational level. So Northwest and their leadership in this topic we'll continue those the downtown folks will continue those midtown will continue those so james as we look at those reconciliation groups that will pump information out about when their time to restart again what is something that we'll look for in getting involved in that yeah i'm, I'm really excited again all, all of this is, is super exciting um both from the be the bridge perspective the sermon series that we just came out of and the continuing inside of uh, those contextualized two congregation groups. We had, like Ryan had mentioned before, groups meeting of a, of a much larger size with this conversation. And we hope that, as you guys have seen throughout MCs and even uh, some of the conversations that you've had there as we've talked about this, is that that's just uh, a lot of people to try to grow in relationships and hear from 
at um you know in, in time uh that we have in amidst uh, uh, our schedules and meetings and things like that so uh the continuing within our congregational groups after be the bridge uh smaller context can really help us activate uh some of those practices um what does it look like to you know really consider changing uh our processes in hiring in, a, in our church and what does it look like to change uh, our hospitality focuses in our church and what does that mean for our community our neighborhood our context uh, and having those conversations you start to, to get uh, really practical, really helpful uh, for people in those situations to walk alongside uh, and to be held accountable, right? It, it's been really, really cool and really, really great blessing um, to have spent you know, the last couple of years with the folks here at Midtown and having these conversations, just seeing how we've grown through all the messiness and all of um, our own brokenness as we've tried to uh, work through that. And those groups have given us a space, a safe space um, to work that out, right? And it's, like I said, to, uh, to continue to be aware, to continue to drive, uh, to strive for reconciliation and justice. It's been uh, phenomenal. It's been a, it's been a, a real treasure. James, I appreciate your time in joining us today. Also, thank you for your leadership, your continued leadership in this area of our church. And also want to thank all of our guests who joined us over the last four weeks to have these conversations and to share their experience and their perspective. Um, thank you guys. Should know there have been a lot of people working um, for a year, two years in the background to make this series that we've experienced happen to make our practice guides to make our resource list to make all these things happen so that we can learn from that so we appreciate and are thankful for everyone who contributed as we continue to pursue justice and reconciliation